Hey everyone, it's Jim Sirk. Welcome back. So in this podcast, I was fortunate enough to be able to interview Julie Allen from the Allen Partners. And she is an executive search recruiter from an executive search firm. So um, I got to know Julie really well over the last few months as we worked together uh, and I participated in her coaching and mentoring ship program that she offers and it, it was it was awesome and you'll see or see you'll hear from this podcast that she's an individual that you could probably have a cup of coffee with at any time and a glass of wine and just have a wonderful conversation so she dives deep into how she and her firm take a different approach to finding people the right opportunities and sometimes we forget those companies are looking for the person that fits with them. Mistakes are made along the line when people are just thrown into situations or thrown into companies without a true deep meaningful understanding that is very purposeful so that you as a candidate find the place that you should be at not just finding another uh, job. And then we go into her uh, mentoring and coaching service that she provides. So it's a great conversation. It's very educational. You're going to want to reach out to Julie after this. So without any further ado, let's get at it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Medical Sales Nation. It's Jim Surick. I'm really excited today because um, we have a great guest, Julie Allen from the Allen Partners Executive Search Firm. And I've known, like I said, I've known Julie for a couple years, but I just recently really worked um, with her in depth on some coaching and mentorship when I was looking at what I wanted to do in my career and next steps and really taking a more holistic approach to finding and matching up, you know, your purpose and your passion and what you want to do. So we're going to get into that a little bit later, but first, why don't we learn a little bit or a lot of bit about Julie? So Julie, welcome to the uh, Medical Sales Nation. Hey, Jim. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Great. So um, I want to first dive in so people can get to know you know your background, understand who you are, because through you and I working together, and I'm going to say this, and this is an honest statement, you are one of my favorite, if not the favorite person I've ever worked with from an executive search standpoint. So I want to, I want to make sure that the medical sales nation knows who you are, because I think it's really important for what you bring to the field and before we dive even deeper into that, I, I just want to know and share with the nation, how did you find yourself moving into this uh, career? Because like I said, I just think the match for you in this career and executive search and your coaching and mentorship couldn't be more of a perfect match. <laughs> well, that's great. Thank you. That was a nice compliment too. Um, you know, I think a lot of people in executive search um, – end up kind of falling into the search business. And I think everyone's got, 
you know, their own unique story there. For me, um, most people who know me know that my background is with Disney. And so during those years, um, I had a lot of um, great experience as a young leader, I had tremendous mentors, great opportunities to um, take on new responsibilities um, across Walt Disney Company. And it was the most exhilarating culture. I loved it. It was a perfect fit. And when my husband and I got married in 99, his career moved us um, to Chicago. We're from the Midwest, so that was a good fit. And I had worked for um, um, a company in Chicago for a couple of years that had very interesting work, but it, it didn't have the culture that compared to Disney at all. And so you could see that in the way people responded to each other or conversations that they had or didn't have. And I really felt that I was missing something that was so significant to be associated with. And I started to realize that the teams and cultures, they don't just come together. Um, the, I was recruited to this opportunity. It was a company in an advertising company in Chicago. And during the interviewing process, I had met with HR and I had met with the CEO, but it wasn't until my first day on the job that I found out who my actual boss was going to be. And so it was just kind of this backwards process, in my opinion. And um, I probably would have made a different career decision um, had I had a different hiring process. And so I learned that crafting the team really begins in the hiring process. It begins in that first um, conversation as you start to assess um, the fit after you, you pass the threshold of, of qualifications. And I was introduced to the executive search business um, totally, you know, kind of in a unique way. Funny enough, my my uncle's real estate business partner happened to also be an executive search. And one day we had lunch together and he told me about what he does. And the whole concept became alive in my mind of working with people and getting to know them on a deeper level and taking all of my business background from from Disney. I don't come from a, an HR background. I come from a business background. And then taking the leadership and the guidance and the mentoring that I got and bridging that gap for, for companies and for great leaders to find the right leaders and, and help to create that solid match for the company and the candidate. So I became very drawn into that. And I, I resigned from the advertising agency and I went full force into um, an executive search firm in Chicago in 2000, back at a time when, you know, the e economy was in an all-time low with the dot-com bubble burst and nobody was hiring, everybody was leaving the executive search business, and here I came in seeing great opportunity. And so a lot of people ask me too, well, like, why MedTech? Well, my father had died from congestive heart failure um, in 1998, and he had three massive heart attacks in my lifetime. So growing up with heart disease... Um, I knew that the blend between innovative medical technologies and everything I just mentioned in terms of helping companies really identify and hire that right fit became just a, a truly phenomenal combination, and it still is today. Um, I, when I got into the search business, though, I did see some things that, that I was surprised to see, and one of the things that, that concerned me was very much a, a fee-driven mentality. I saw it. It was there was a lot of people that kind of came and went at this firm, and it was kind of a no strings attached um, culture. And it was okay at the time because I was kind of building my own 
um, marketplace. I was getting to be, you know, into the med tech. I was becoming a student in the industry really from the ground up. And it was so helpful because I didn't take anything for granted. And I dove in and got to know people and traveled to companies and went to conferences and really, you know, took a deep dive. But I, I have always believed in the importance of the human relationship and in getting to know someone from the inside out and also taking a very holistic understanding of, of the companies that I represent. And so that deeper dive on both sides embodies a sense of trust between all the parties involved and then the outcomes of accepted offers and long-term placements where the companies and the teams thrive just has become a natural byproduct of our work. Um, I would see that one of the things that I've seen in the last probably 10 years since the advent of LinkedIn and our smartphones and all of the technologies that are making things very efficient, and those are phenomenal platforms for sure, but I have definitely seen a decline in the human connection. And you just, you can't do that when you're working with people. People are complicated. Hiring processes can get messy. And I will go to my grave committing to putting the extra time in to get to know people, to do the right thing. And that's where I'm distracted on trying to create a winning outcome for um, the companies and the candidates that I represent. And that's really where my passion comes from. So if I lose that, then um, I may, you know, I may have to pursue a different career, which obviously <laughs> I don't want to do. <laughs> right, right. Well, you, you gave us a lot. So I just, let me step back. And when, um, when you talk about the Disney culture, you said it was an exhilarating culture. What does that mean to you? You know, first of all, it was very positive, um, very encouraging environment. Um, there was always a sense of, of hope and mission and vision and um, a very exciting culture to be a part of. People that were there in the leadership areas where I was, people loved to be there. It was a great product and it was a great brand. Um, but there was always a connection to the guest. Everybody at Disney was a cast member. It doesn't matter if you were Michael Eisner or Lee Cockrell or, you know, someone who was had a very important role as, as the janitor in one of the parks. There was just a, everybody was first name basis. It just seemed like there wasn't a hierarchical structure. There, there was, and it was good. But I just felt like I had opportunities and people would identify me for for opportunities. I had a chance that I was selected for an opportunity at Disneyland Paris and in international marketing. Um, I received a couple leadership awards and then they would, you know, kind of usher you into another area where you could grow and develop. And it was just, it was just phenomenal. Okay. It was a really good fit. It that's was a really great. good fit. Yeah, know? no, that's great. So what I, what I think, you know, taking the next step is it's, it's interesting is that you take then the next step and you go to a situation in which you said that you probably would have made a different decision if you went through, let's call it a, a structured interview process and knew who your boss was. But isn't that, it's interesting, it's sometimes, and, and this is where you and I started working, is that sometimes it takes an event to open up your eyes to what you really want to do and what you're really looking forward to. Um, yes. Is that how you how you saw it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
Well, there's actually a little story here um, that I've shared with a few people over the years. But my my first day, I was hired for um, my international background in marketing, and um, I was brought on to to be kind of the brand for a couple of high profile brands in the CPG area. And my first day, my um, my neighbor, my next door neighbor, my office had invited me out out to lunch. So here I've I've been with the company for you know, probably six hours or so. And we went out to lunch and he really drew me out. I felt he was very other centered. He wanted to really understand a lot about my background and asked a lot of really insightful questions and so forth. And uh, anyway, later on that afternoon, my boss that I had just met that morning um, had let me know that he was going to move the international assignment to someone else on the team who he felt was earning and, and deserving of it because he'd been with the company for several years. And what happened was that person that I had lunch with had gone to him and asked if, if he could take on my role. And in that day, my first six hours, my role had been marginalized. Now, obviously, if, oh my had I, gosh. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And that was the beginning of my sense of what's happened here. Where, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> There's obviously a, a breakdown in, you know, my my enjoyment day one of of being with this culture of of of, of communication that I just have never grown up with, um, a dishonesty, sure. a, 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 dis, a, a dishonest approach. It's just not part of my fabric. Yeah. And so I was there for several years, and and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't me. It just truly, it wasn't. It was a very limited scope. And like I said, when I when I was introduced to the search business, it was so entrepreneurial. And I knew that I could do things the way that I felt that they needed to be done. And it was investing in people um, in the right ways. And um, that's why I kind of compare and contrast, worked with exhilarating cultures and those that weren't so great. And knowing that it starts in the hiring process, that first impression, um, and then the connection with MedTech kind of pulled everything together. Yeah. And, um, you know, I started the firm back in 2003. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I want to dive into this, you know, and keep talking because we have a lot of people that listen to this that um, are early in their careers and want to know how to maximize their opportunities where they're at, make sure they make the right moves, have the right connections and understand, have a deeper understanding of where they're at. And then we have some um, who are later in their careers and might be in the executive search area, higher level managers that um, want to make moves, want to grow, maybe go to a startup. And I want to make sure I dive into this because there's a lot to learn from you just in this conversation that we had. We did a podcast and it was titled, you know, uh, make sure the culture fits for you. And uh, and that's really about making sure you make the right choice and that you understand the culture that you're, that's going to be a good fit for you. And then you're talking about the hiring process. I want to break these two up a little bit because every culture of a company is neither right nor wrong. It just is. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's that's one thing that I've... Well, you could say some, some cultures are just wrong um, and they usually don't last, but there are, um, the, the way I look at it is that the culture of X company is this, either take it or leave it. And so what you're saying is that from your pers- perspective, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're looking at a company 
And you're getting to understand this company, like I'm going to use your words too, holistically. And so then what you're turning around then is that looking at people to fill that role in that company, you have to go get to know that person as well as you know the company because you don't want to put a person in a culture that's not going to be a fit. No, that's right. Absolutely. And so how do you go about doing that? Because, I, I, you know, I did a, do a ton of, you know, did um, a, a lot of interviewing and talking to companies and, and, you know, you and I would talk as I'm talking to these companies and I could see that, you know, this, this culture just isn't right for me. It's not right or wrong, but I wouldn't enjoy it. Um, but you helped me through that to understand that and come up with these, with these conclusions. So can you just walk us through that process of how you engage with a company and then what you do to find people? Okay, sure, sure. Um, well, I think um, let me offer this as a thought and then I'll step back sure. and answer your question. Um, when you look at like, like LinkedIn today, there that is the most comprehensive, incredible database out there that everyone uses, you know? Um, and it's great. We all use it for different purposes. Um, but when it's all said and done, the database is made up of people um, that have varieties of, of backgrounds and they're all unique individuals embedded within that huge database. So it used to be, executive search used to be, companies would hire search firms to find um, unique talent that they wouldn't know about, names of people they wouldn't know about or access to them. And that still happens today, for sure. But I have the same access to people as you do that anybody does, right? If we look at LinkedIn sure. as the, the, big, the biggest database. right? But what's important in that is that you have to get to a deeper conversation with people to really understand who they are their background, what they want, their motivations. And it doesn't matter to me if I haven't met someone before. I don't need to have a 10-year relationship with someone to be able to call them, get to know them, and get to a deeper point and have a phenomenal conversation that's deep and then move, move things forward to a successful you know, placement outcome. It's what happens in the conversation that is so important. So I think a lot of companies will will really still want to know what's your, you know, do you have a lot of connections in this space or do you have a big database in this space? And, you know, the answer is yes, of course, almost 20 years in this sure. business, sure. you know, yeah. but there, there needs to be the value of the conversation isn't dependent upon time necessarily, right? If there's a better, deeper way of, of getting to the insights and the motivations and the background and being able to bring bring that out. So I just wanted to comment there because you had asked about how we would go about working with a company. You know, the first, um, the first thing that we do is, um, you know, get to know what the company, who they are and what they're trying to accomplish. And usually the, the CEO will walk us through their, their business plan. So we've got a, a solid snapshot of, of the company. And then we'll work with them on understanding the, um, the candidate profile all of the nuances that make that kind of ideal candidate profile unique to them. And as you'll notice, I'm not talking about the job description yet. The job description, in my view, is a, a very important document that talks about the, the critical attributes that someone's going to need to do and accomplish. But the candidate profile is about the entire 
human beings' capabilities and who they are as a person to fit well with the chemistry of the team. You need both. One without the other doesn't work. So we'll invest time to really talk about the candidate profile, and then I'll work with the different stakeholders in the company. Sometimes they're board members and investors and the executive team to make sure that we're all on the same page from the beginning so that there's no chance that when it comes time to presenting candidates, um, there's going to be a, a misfire or, or somebody that doesn't fit. There's just no chance of that. The upfront work eliminates that. From there, then, we set our recruiting strategy specific to that candidate profile. And then as we narrow things uh, down, we start with a very large funnel initially, and then we narrow it down. And then ultimately, spent, we spend you know, maybe five or six hours with someone, maybe those top five candidates, before we ultimately present the opportunity. And most people are shocked when they hear that because what's more common today is to call someone or send them an email and immediately tell them about the opportunity. And they don't know anything about the candidate. They don't know about their interests, their motivations, anything. It's just, it ruins, in my view, the ability to um, understand who they are and what they want and then be able to tell them, present the opportunity in a way that they really hear it. So that for us is huge. Yeah. And then, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, and then from there, you know, we ultimately present, um, you know, the top three candidates and the, the track record that we've had for the last almost 20 years is three to one. We present three people and one part, one person is hired every time. And so the precision, one of our clients will often say, you know, we're paying for precision in an outcome you know, that the world of executive search isn't often, you know, known for. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, going through the process and, um, you know, through uh, the interview process and talking to my peers out there, and I know that uh, just for the Medical Sales Nation is that, I, as I said, I worked with, with Julie on uh, this coaching and mentorship, but I also referred two peers of mine to Julie to go through this process, and we would, all three of us would talk, and uh, even outside of, um, of these, of us three, the, the three guys, other people that I talk to, they get calls, right? And, and it's really an email, hey, I have a job. Let's just say it's a VP of sales job for X company. Here's the job description. Call me if you're interested. <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. so um, most of the time I would respond, say, I'm, I'm interested to hear about this or that because it seems interesting. And yet then they'll set up an interview with the executive search person and then possibly the next step with somebody in the company. And then you never hear back. You never get any information back. And you don't know if what you did right, what you did wrong. And if it's not a right fit, I think everybody's okay with that because nobody wants to make a bad decision. But people have such a bad taste in their mouth today with this process and excluding the individual. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. And so your approach, you know, of like you said, going deep and you don't need to know somebody for 10 years, you got to know me and I got to know you in a very short amount of time. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was quite amazing how, how that happened and how just so naturally you approach it. And, and, the, and it just builds a different type of relationship. And I have to imagine then also you're talking to people that come to you that are looking for opportunities and you're talking to your clients 
and you're just organically saying to yourself, this person's just not a right fit, so I'm not going to present this opportunity because it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, versus, that's versus, right. Versus sending out, hey, the 30 people, I got this opportunity. Tell me if you're interested. Because yes, it, it doesn't yes. help anyone, right? No, that's right. And you miss out. And if a company knew that that was the process happening and how their company and opportunity was being represented, I really feel like they would have a problem with that because every CEO that I know prizes the story of his company and wants to make sure that it is so it's presented in the most favorable light in any situation where his company would be talked about. And so if you don't approach candidates or leaders, right, everybody is ultimately a candidate at some point. Sure. If you don't approach people with an other-centered approach and truly be willing to take the time before you um, bias the conversation about something that either is or isn't the right fit, I would rather take the time to vet that out for my clients and then present the opportunity with such accuracy and confidence and draw them in that way because at that point people are so excited because they when they hear the opportunity presented it flows from everything that we've previously talked about and it's a great fit then when they go into interview they already know so much about the company and the team the company and the team know so much about them it just embodies a really rich great discussion it's not a take me through your resume which no one's prepared and right. i don't feel a lot of people are prepared and that's too bad you know, you mean, so the candidate's not prepared because the executive search team hasn't prepared them for the interview. For the amount of people that I talk with on a, a given basis, they that's really what gave birth to the coaching and the mentoring when people are in the career transition because they're not getting it. Um, there's a sentiment that they're feeling like um, they're, they're, there's a race to put them in front of their client, but they're not getting enough information about the company or um, about the, the team or the preparation for the interview, um, and then no feedback afterwards. And it just feels it just feels like it's missing, and it is. It's missing the human connection. Yeah. Um, and people want that. And in the end, the offers don't get accepted. Well, why? Well, if there's not a trusted rapport between the candidate and the executive search um, person or the candidate and the company, and no one's willing to share or give insight um, there's no loyalty and where there's no loyalty things, a lot of times don't, you know, don't materialize either on an accepted offer or not, or down the road. Um, like with my situation where I ultimately left in a couple of years because I knew something better was there. So a lot sure. of these things can, can be prevented through, I think, better, more purposeful conversations. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more because you, you told me something and when we started talking, um, uh, you know, uh, six or seven months ago, as we went into this coaching and, and mentoring ship program that you have, they said, Jim, if you have an interview and they ask you to walk you through your resume, the executive search team hasn't done anything to introduce you to the company, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the first interview I had was with the CEO that said, walk me through your, your resume. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, you know? And so as I'm walking through, I can almost tell they're kind of paying attention. There's something else going on. And they'll be like, so, okay, so tell me when have you uh, um, started something from scratch? And I threw my arms up in the air and I'm like, 
my entire career. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you didn't listen to a word I said, and you haven't read my resume. What are we doing? You know? Mm-hmm. And then, and then mm-hmm. that was one where uh, the executive search person calls me back, you know, within a couple hours. I'm like, I'm out. You know, forget it. <laughs> I said, if they mm-hmm. can't even take the time to read my resume before we talk, it's, mm-hmm. but, right? But, but that's part of that holistic approach in, in the sense of, you gave me advice to something to look out for because you knowing me going, I want to engage with people at a deep level. If somebody isn't taking the time now to hire a very important position, why are they going to do it tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Right. And so it, it opened my eyes to this process. So it's interesting because mo um, it's like, I want to go in so many different directions here. Because um, it's, it's, it's exciting, I think, for people listening to this, too, to understand this. What I think people make a mistake of, and, and I'm, I was guilty of this, is not always looking and being a student of what's happening in the marketplace. That doesn't mean you're always looking for a job, but it's paying attention to what's going on out in the world so that you don't come to a point in time where you have to look for a job. So is there advice you would give to people to stay on top of of their career so that when they come to someone like you, they're more prepared and well-balanced to move forward? That's a good question. I guess I would say I would invest time um, with people that I admire and that I respect. I would seek those relationships out um, because we all know like a a really, really good, honest friendship is a treasure, you know, and it's the same within the professional realm, um, you want to be associated with people who have good names, who live by, you know, their word is their honor. Um, and usually those people are usually associated with good things. And so if you can, birds of a feather flock together, surround yourself with people like that over the course of your career, I think more opportunities are going to be um, presented to you and you've got an infrastructure of people that you can rely on and, um, and benchmark things against and so forth. I would also say to just be very intentional. There's a, there's a lot of people that when they're in a career transition, they, they're doing what everyone else does. And it's Jim, you and I talked about this there and there's nothing wrong with this, but there is a better way. Um, go out and meet people at the caribou and they'll pass over their resume and, They'll, they'll get the names of three more people and then they'll, they'll go back to their home office. They'll schedule meetings with those three people. They'll go out for coffee again and get the names of three more people. And I, I saw, I met with someone not too long ago and he showed me like a four page spreadsheet of all the people that he's met over the last three to four months. And it's good. It's intentional. If it's, if it's intentional, then it's good, but there's so much activity, um, that may not necessarily be an offensive plan in the way that you would want. And people are buried with these requests. So they're going to spend that 30 minutes to meet and and pass over some information, but it may not necessarily lead you to um, the, the next right opportunity. So my advice is to just be very intentional about what you're trying to do and invest time with, with people again, that you admire and respect. Yeah, no, I think that's great. So now I'm interested to, to shift this to the, to the company side. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so 
there's people like out listening to this right now, mid-level managers, you know, VP level and above, and you're going to you're um, talking to your clients. What are your clients telling you today versus maybe five years ago? Or you can pick a time frame. What are they looking for today that candidates might not understand? So they have to change their thought process in approaching these opportunities. It's mm, a good question. I would say that because when I talked earlier about that candidate profile, for us, so much of what we do is so customized because I, I don't believe, back to the whole point of culture, I don't believe that one person is going to fit perfectly well at 100 companies. Right, right. They probably could, but I just don't think it's, it's the, the, the most optimal situation. And so um, I, would, I'm, I don't know if I'm the best person to ask that because if, if we were like a huge, high-volume, high-scale you know, search firm, there would probably be some very basic things that become true across the board that everybody is looking for. But I think, um, you know, looking at things so much more customized, there's, there's, there's so many things. I, okay. I would say that the intangibles, though, never will go away. The, the things of, um, of etiquette and eye contact and good communication skills and articulation um, and having a good name and, and obviously doing a, a great job, having a, a great track record, um, follow-up and, and professional persistence, um, and being willing to give a little bit more versus less, I think some of those things are still always at the helm. I feel that the pace of which people are hiring, though, and the pace of which our world is moving, um, sometimes, in my opinion, moves things to greater efficiency, but not necessarily greater effectiveness. And taking time with people takes time. Engaging with people at a deeper level takes time. And so when there's not time, that oftentimes becomes the thing that gets canceled out of the process. And I feel like that's the tragedy. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. I agree. So, you, you know, you talk about the, the basics. It's, I received an email from someone who listens to the podcast and reads my posts and, and articles on LinkedIn and asked, told me, said, hey, I have an internship with, you know, a big uh, medical device company. What advice do you have for me as I go into this? And, you know, I, and I sat on the email for about three days because I was like, I was reading it going, I'm not this wise old man sitting on a hilltop, you know, thinking about these things, <laughs> right? And, and it was, and I came back and I answered it, what, what you said, show up early, show up with intent, show up with um, being optimistic, Reach out to people in the company in different departments, understand their roles and responsibilities and how it relates to the department you're in, and then reach mm -hmm. out to the successful people in your division and understand what makes them successful and build contacts. Mm -hmm. And then I said, show up and work hard. Good luck. Right? Yes. Great advice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, that's really it. And I think some of the times we try to be too clever on this, on these approaches, and we don't have to. You just get to the basics. Now, mm -hmm. I'm wondering from your perspective, do you see a difference, and I hate asking this question because I don't want to be put into that there's a difference, but there might be. 
Is there a difference in how millennials are approaching job offers and opportunities versus those that are, you know, Generation Y or what X or whatever it is? Is there a difference today? I think the um, the biggest difference is just the willingness to commit to something and to give your word and stay true to that. Um, I don't place a lot of millennials. I work with different ones on the coaching. So the coaching is for the young aspiring leader and those that are more of the established leaders. But I was talking with someone the other day, um, a CFO for a, with an early stage med tech company. And he was working really hard to, to fill several really key middle level management positions. And he was saying how um, candidates are coming forward saying what they will and won't give in the interviewing process. Like they weren't willing to give their list of references until they have, you know, a job offer. They weren't willing to um, come in for the interview at a certain time. And I think things like that are just um, shocking to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in terms of just um, uh, a thoughtful, uh, you know, manner of things. But um, I don't see that too much myself, but I would say that's one of the things that I've heard from from our clients who are um, hiring some of the, um, you know, the earlier, younger levels within the company. Well, I think yeah. that's good to share with, with everyone, just knowing that that's really not appropriate and to, to do exactly what we were just talking about, show up, right, be there, um, be flexible, um, get into the game, get your head into the game, even if you... Uh, you're not sure if you want it, be respectful to everyone else that, that's in this process. Um, yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's interesting, you know, in what you've said, you know, you, you've said you want to make sure that the people in the company is a match, that it's a cultural fit, that you can see them engaging and, um, and that from this process, from your perspective, you take this holistic approach um, making sure you've got the, you have, you from your perspective, just from your career, that you have the motivation, the passion for the people to make sure that you're putting them in, in a place, uh, in a company that's going to work out well for everyone. And so when I hear you say that, I think, you know, the candidates on the other side, the people who are going to be looking for opportunities, they have to have that same mentality, that same approach of, it's got to be the right fit. Don't take a job for a job's sake because you're going to end up being miserable and you'll probably be found out anyways through the interview process if you're going deep. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so, I, so I love that. Um, but through all that, right, and you seeing what certain exec search firms don't do, they're not putting the people first. They're not thinking of that individual as a holistic individual and there's a breakdown, and you don't want people to make the wrong choice, you started this coaching and mentoring um, project within your search firm. Um, I love it. it. It was very valuable to me, and I know it was valuable to the two other individuals who, um, who worked with you as well, two buddies of mine, and we've all had successful outcomes from it. Let's go a little deeper on why you created that. I mean, I think we know, you know, but maybe dive a little bit deeper into that. And what does that entail? Sure, sure. Well, it started with, um, um, you know, I get hundreds of calls in in a given year from people that are interested in being part of a search that we might be working on, or maybe they're looking for for some kind of career advice or something. And 
Um, and I listen to how their process is going and, and, and I just ask some questions. And a lot of times people will say the same things on the surface, but when you probe a little bit deeper, you kind of get the, the real authentic, you know, view of things. And I realized this was back in 2006. I realized that the knowledge and the insight that I have, um, what I usually say kind of behind the tapestry because of my executive search work and being involved with that hiring process behind the scenes and knowing what goes on. I know what executives are looking for, what their thought process is, what they care about, um, what the board wants, what the investors want, what the CEO, you know, cares about. And I realized that as a candidate going through a process, whether it's with a search firm where you may or may not be getting a lot of context or feedback or insights along the way, or you're working directly with a company or within your network, there's so much that people just don't know. And so while I don't have a crystal ball on my desk, I do think I've got a good understanding of human nature and have good communication skills to, to vet out um, um, you know, conversations that need to happen that oftentimes are not. So what I decided to do back in 06 was when, when people call, um, and I may or may not have an opportunity for them at that time from our executive search business side, I will um, come alongside them over the course of three different phases and help them um, have a better outcome as they're trying to offensively navigate their career transition on their own. So the first phase is really diving in and learning about their, their background and their interests and how to position it to the highest optimal level. And I will help them extract what I feel based on my experience, what is most compelling and trying to bring out the fullness of who they are. There's a lot of people that want to do more than what they're doing today, but they're getting opportunities presented to them that are just the same kind of cookie cutter. They want to do more. So how do you build, build them into someone that presents the fullness again of who they are through the eyes of the industry? The second phase is really helping them set a much more intentional plan. It's kind of moving away from what I mentioned earlier and just the high volume quick coffee here and there approach to something that's much more meaningful so that they don't spin their wheels and have a lot of stalled efforts. So um, it gives them much better insight, awareness, and perspective and confidence and clarity. And then the third phase is really as they're executing um, on the phase two, and now they're networking and they're going through different interviewing processes, and it's all that embedded. It's the conversations that you and I had, Jim, about preparing for the interview, or you may have sent me an email, how do you interpret this? Or why do you think, what's, what do you think's going on here? What can I do? Why do you think this came to a halt? What might be going on? And then really walking with you um, all the way through that, those many different processes, and then through ultimately um, the, the offer stage. Understanding competitive compensation is huge. I've got that knowledge and know-how so I can help um, fine tune the negotiations and then really help you uh, be able to land on your feet in a successful, you know, right fit opportunity. Um, but it feeds what people need in having a one-on-one, -on -one, honest, candid, straightforward partner who takes a personal interest um, in their their career endeavors. Yeah. So, I mean, that's fantastic because when when I look at it, you know, from my perspective, what what came out of it for me. And, and I think this is really important for everyone to understand is 
be your authentic self. And Mm -hmm. going through that stage one, you're really trying to figure out who you really are, what your goals are, who you are, who's that authentic self, and be holistic in your approach and thought process. We have strengths and we have weaknesses. You just have to admit them. And and then understand through that um, what I, I looked at it and said, okay, I'd be good at this. I won't be good at that. You know, I'm not sure I, I should go there or that. And then through the execution stage, um, what you really set out for me is, you know, the approach of understanding as the companies want to understand the individual, we have to understand the companies and we have to go deeper into it. And what's important there, it's not about just getting a job. It's getting the right opportunity as what you said to fulfill to fulfill your life, like who are you serving? Are you serving yourself, others? And mostly through that fulfilled life, you're serving others. So you're know, bringing out the fulfillness of who you really are into an opportunity that's going to bring that out. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then through the um, negotiating piece, you know, when an offer is made was, was invaluable. It was, it was fantastic. So, so everyone, um, you know, that's out there, listening to this is probably going to say to themselves, I, I need to talk to Julie, right? At least some point in, in, in their career and kind of understand you um, a little bit more, whether it's, you know, through the coaching and mentoring ship that you offer or, you know, just presenting themselves that might be opportunities for, for some of your clients. And I know you just don't want to get overwhelmed with things, but is there is there a way that people can you know reach out to you uh, that you would you'd appreciate so that um, people can just explore how they might be able to work with you a little closer? Yeah, absolutely. I think if they if there's anyone listening today who calls in, maybe just referencing um, that they heard it on the podcast, so I would know that they have some background in this. Sure. Um, and I get calls from you know from people all the time. I would say don't. Don't put me in a position of doing your high profile, your, um, uh, what's the word, the shotgun approach. Yeah. I, I'm not going to respond well to that because um, I, too, do things intentionally. If there's a, a thoughtful conversation that you'd like to have, if you think that I could help you and, um, and partner with you, then I would be very happy to talk. And they can call my, my phone or, or send an email, whichever. Okay. And yeah. um would you want them to connect through LinkedIn or do you just want to give your email and you know, either way. way. Yeah. Either way. I tend to um, connect with, with people on LinkedIn after I've talked with them, okay. um, gotten to know them a little bit, but if they wanted to send me the, the, the email through that or my, my uh, Julie at Allen partners, ltd.com, that's fine too. Um, or my phone number, which is on our website. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's fine too. And what's your website address? Um, it's www.allenpartnersltd.com. Okay. So everybody has it now. You might get, <laughs> you might get swamped, but you know, I'm, I'm so glad that you, that you are with a, a phenomenal opportunity and company, Jim, great team of people that are there. Just really, really good mix, good opportunity at, at Osprey. And, and I'm so glad that you found this to be so meaningful for you, um, for you personally. I mean, that's, it gives me meaning in, in this work, and that's why I love this uh, involvement with people. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. why I wanted to do this podcast with you because it, it's so valuable. And it's valuable to the right person 
with the right mindset, who's looking for some, trying to find that authentic self to find that right opportunity. It's not just, I want to find a job. It's, it's really purposeful and meaningful. And if you're at a point in your career where you're looking for that, then you reach out to Julie. Um, if you're not, just you know, follow her on LinkedIn and, and see uh, you know where she's going and, and, and watch as as the the firm progresses. So so with that, Julie, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be on the Medical Sales Nation podcast, and um, and you know everyone out there, reach out to Julie. She she wants to hear from you if you if your intent is to find that, that meaning in your career. And uh, without any further ado, everybody, have a great day. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Jim. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Talk Bye-bye. to you soon. Bye.